Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me want to What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome back into the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. I am Matt Perino, and we are brought to you, as always, by Topps Friendly Markets. Shop for groceries at Topps, and you could save $10 on participating $50 gift cards. That's an extra 20% savings on all your holiday gifts just for buying your groceries at Topps. Earn one gift point for every grocery purchase you make of $50 or more now through December 24th. Check out these amazing gift cards you can pick from Toys R Us, Cabela's, Sony, Fanatics, Kohl's, Macy's, Applebee's, Texas Roadhouse, and so many more. Head over to topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus for more information. Big show this week, big game this week, big month for the Buffalo Bills. So uh, I'm bringing in Ross Tucker, the man at Ross Tucker, Tucker NFL uh, on X Twitter. Uh, and before we got on here, Ross, you were telling me you got the best Christmas present ever this year. Tell us about it. Well, I didn't get it. I'm telling people to give it. Um, I, I still haven't gotten one, but I get enough pubs. So I don't really need it. It's funny. <laughs> You'll appreciate this, Matt, because it's uh, a buddy of mine who works for the, uh, or did work for the Harrisburg Patriot News, which is a local paper here in Central PA. He started the business. It's amazing. You literally, here, I'll show it to you. Pictures worth a thousand words. You literally talk to one of their writers mm-hmm. for like, I don't know, 10 minutes. Tell them how great maybe your wife is or your mom. Most people get them for their significant others. This is actually my wife's grandmother. But it's amazing, dude. You talk to a right. They're all freelance writers, right? Talk to them for 10 minutes tell, as you're driving home from work, driving to work. Tell them how great your wife is. They write a story. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper like what you do in Syracuse, Matt. Framed pictures of your wife and you or your wife and the kids, whoever. Significant other, mom, dad, doesn't matter. The two things I will say, because I've seen so many guys get these, and it's it's a killer, killer gift, because when they're opening it, they, they really don't know what it is. So mm-hmm. make sure, Matt, if you do this or anybody watching, make sure you say, hey, I want to do something special for you. So I had a story written about you. Like, that sounds like the most romantic, coolest, mo- like, that sounds like you called up Matt or emailed Matt Perino to get him to write a story about your wife. And then when they make sure when you talk to the the uh, writer, or you can just fill out an email. But 
make sure you say something like, I never thank her enough for mm. all the little things she does for me or me and the kids or whatever, right? Because I've seen like five videos now where as long as you lose use that line, they start crying as they read, oh my gosh, she understands. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like absolutely hilarious. Like it's analytics, 80% happy tier hit rate. If you use myfrontpagestory.com, myfrontpagestory.com. So now you can't say you didn't know. Now you know. That is awesome. And actually, I've seen a bunch of these little clips on social media of like significant others, like having a song written about them and then playing it for them in the car and the, yeah. like, the emotional reactions. This is awesome and actually right up my wheelhouse. So I like it. Uh, but my, I could do it for my wife. because She'd be like, why did you write it for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're actually a professional writer, probably not, not the best gift. So awesome stuff. Um, I brought you on here today because, you know, it's been such a crazy month for the Bills. I mean, obviously all the Von Miller stuff, the six and six start. Now it's now seven and six after the Kansas City Chiefs game. The heat on Sean McDermott, even before last week, Tyler Dunn's three-part series that rocked the NFL world last year, uh, last week. But you were kind of first on this. Like, I remember back in the summer, you being very critical of the extension for Sean McDermott. Um, you did a rankings article uh, uh, where you put all the NFL coaches uh, from one to 32 and had Sean McDermott at 22. And a lot of people, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows, but you know, with the way this season has gone, you know, if you read that, if you put out that article, even before Dunn's stuff last week, I mean, a lot of people are probably like, well, yeah, I mean, six and six for a Super Bowl contender. What have you made of a ties articles? If you've read any of them, followed any of that, but then also the way this season has gone for the bills and your approval rating of McDermott at this stage. Yeah, so I don't know that – I mean, I guess how I feel about McDermott is probably a little bit worse just because they've had a disappointing year overall. And even in recent games, like the end of the first half against the Eagles, just take a knee to mm -hmm. me – or no, end of overtime. I'm sorry, end of regulation before overtime with, what is it, 20 seconds left to just take a knee when you had a timeout. To me, that was inexcusable. I mean, your quarterback is Josh Allen. Have you ever heard of him? Like, he's pretty good. Um, and then even this last game against the Chiefs, the, some of the plays they ran before the two-minute warning, I, I just – I I think he's a fine coach. Um, I think I, – I, I even think I said over the summer, I think he's a good coach. You know, I think I had McCarthy like 21, and McCarthy's had a great year for the Cowboys. You know, most of the time – if it's a bad coach, they, they're already fired or they're not, they don't have a job. So I went through that thinking that there was like 23 or 24 legitimately good coaches. Um, and I'd still put McDermott in that category. It's funny because there was a whole subsection of Bill's Mafia that was really, really mad at me, like really upset about it. And now I get like apology emails or apology tweets at Ross Tucker NFL or now they're mad at me the other way, Matt. They're like, you had him ranked too high. That was terrible. There's no way he should be 22nd. You had him ranked too high. Look, I think he's a fine coach. I don't think I don't think he's a really good coach. I don't. Um, I gave a lot of the reasoning over the summer. Every year they lose at least one game. They have no business losing. I had a lot of specific examples. 
from the playoff games, you know, the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, certainly the 13-second debacle against the Chiefs the following year. Even last year, I thought they were really outcoached. I mean, they almost lost to Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins at home in the playoffs. Then they got really dominated by the Bengals, and it just seemed to me like Joe Burrow knew where to go with the ball before every snap, and Josh Allen never did. It just seemed like the Bengals were way more prepared. And I don't think that this year's necessarily been in, in McDermott's favor, but it's not over yet. And uh, I kind of like the Bills' chances here coming down the stretch. Sunday night's game or Sunday afternoon is obviously gigantic. But what's really interesting to me about the AFC this year, Matt, is as long as the Bills get in, you know, I feel like they're, they could – they're as good as anybody this year, you know, like it's a, it's a different year. I mean, as long as they make the playoffs, I don't think they'll be scared of anybody they would play. Certainly not the dolphins, the chiefs, I guess the best team right now is the Ravens, but without Mark Andrews, especially, I don't think that they're some overwhelming favorite. Now if the bills were in the NFC and had to go against, you know, the Niners or the Cowboys, that might be a little bit different, but in the AFC, they just got to make sure they get in, man. Yeah, so um, the last week or so, I, I guess to start with, how much have you uh, consumed what's gone on around the Bills the last five or six days? Yeah, good question. So I have not read Tyler's three-part series. So during the season, you know, I'm broadcasting at least one game every week. So I don't really have a chance to do the deep dives. Now, I've seen the aggregators. You know, and and the quote. So I've seen what Sean reportedly said about 9-11 and, and all that stuff. Um, I guess I give him a little bit of credit for owning up to it and not trying to deny it and stating what he was trying to do and more or less admitting the mistake. I'm kind of a big fan of that, of people that admit mis- We all make mistakes in life. I just like when you own up to it. You know, I I really like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes as people. I'm, I'm sure Bills fans, probably the wrong place for me to be saying that. But um, I, I like those guys, right? And, you know, when you're actually in it, when you're a player or you're a broadcaster and you meet these people and talk to them, you know, I, I kind of judge people. There's people I do like for whatever reason and my dealings with them and what I've heard about them. And there's people that I don't care for as much. But I really... It really bothered me how Mahomes acted at the end of that game and how Andy Reid acted at the podium after the game. Really, really bothered me. Because neither one of them was even saying that that he wasn't offsides. Right. Patrick Mahomes is like, you can't call that. It was an awesome play, dude. You can't call that. Like, what? And then Andy Reid was like, I should have gotten a warning. Like, no, you don't need to get a warning. So nobody even was arguing that he wasn't offsides. But on Monday, Andy Reid said, yeah, he didn't do the right thing. Tony didn't do the right thing. And Mahomes said, my behavior was not acceptable. Bad example to kids. Cool. So I I guess I like the fact that McDermott sort of explained himself. I don't know, Matt, if you would say there was an apology in there. I don't know if there was an apology in there or what exactly he said. Um, I like that he didn't try to run away from it. Um, It is, though... I would say a red flag 
in terms of judgment and blinders. So the red flag number one would be that like he thought that was a good idea, right? right. That like his tunnel vision is such that he thought that would be a good idea, a good example. I would say the bigger red flag though, he doesn't like run this past anybody. He doesn't like, he either doesn't run it past anybody or he does and he just has yes men around him. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. You should definitely, you should definitely use that as an example. Either way, it's it's not real good. Um, but I don't know. I, I try to judge people more based on the things I see them do on the field as opposed to like these reports of other things that go on behind mm -hmm. the scenes as, as much as I can. No, I think that's all really interesting. And and the red flag part of it is, you know, my biggest thing with it, like when he came out and, and spoke to the media initially after it happened, he really never really gave any insight into why he thought it was a good idea to say that. Like he mentioned that like he regretted it and that, you know, um, he lost people in 9-11 friends. Um, so, but then it like stopped there and we didn't get to the point where like, this is why I thought it was okay to talk about that. And Listen, I agree with you. Like, I think there's a lot of times in life, like we do live, uh, we're, we're live broadcasting all the time. Like you doing it way more than I am for much bigger audience. Like who's to say at some point, if you just off the cuff, just say something that you didn't intend or didn't mean, like I get all of that. It was obviously planned and, and that's part of it. Um, but a strange thing altogether. And it really like, it's strange in the, in, in the, the last nine months with how the Bills season has gone coming off that utter disappointing debilitating failure last season i mean sean talked about hosting a home playoff game that being what the bills were in search of in their quest for a championship you get the Bengals at home and it's not even a game and then to go into the offseason and we we watch this thing play out with stefan diggs we watch it play out with with allen where you know they're, they're basically their public messaging was we need to neuter our quarterback. And by that, I, I'm paraphrasing, right? Like, um, uh, I, that's not exactly what they said, but they wanted him to stop running and he did stop running. And it basically led to Ken Dorsey losing his job. Um, maybe Joe Brady ends up being better for this offense moving forward. And their early returns are really good. But again, it just seems like to your point in the summer, an, a, a lack of understanding or finger on the pulse of what this organization needed to take the next step, knowing all the in-game problems that existed already that you have mentioned. And he added DC onto his plate, which I think has also been a lot to kind of handle and juggle throughout the season. Yeah. And if you remember, like, just to give people a reminder, right? Like I think Josh Allen is fantastic. Okay. I don't know. Anybody doesn't think he's a top five quarterback. And you know, when he's at his best, man, his ceiling is so high. I guess my biggest issue was like Mahomes in six years has gone to six AFC championship games, mm -hmm. three Super Bowls, and won two of them. Burrow, and essentially two years healthy, his second and third years, two AFC championship games, one Super Bowl. Josh Allen, his first five years, went to one AFC championship game and zero Super Bowls. So I just look at it like you can look at it and say all the wins he has or had or whatever, um, but when compared to his peer group of Mahomes and Burrow, it feels like Sean McDermott has gotten less out of Josh Allen 
then Zach Taylor has gotten out of Joe Burrow and Andy Reid's gotten out of Mahomes. And I put a lot of that, frankly, on, on McDermott. You know, I mean, he's had uh, a top three quarterback probably, definitely top five for five or six years now in his prime. And he's gotten to one AFC championship game and they lost by multiple scores in that one. And like the 13 second thing, like Matt, so first of all, you squib kick it with 13 seconds left. You have to take time off the clock. You don't kick it deep. And then by the way, all they had to do on first down was just essentially hold everybody at the line of scrimmage. You're allowed to do that one time, right? So, like, hold everybody. You're going to get a penalty, but no, he's not going to be able to complete the pass. And so then how many seconds go off? Five, six? Now you're down to seven or eight seconds, and they get, they get five yards. There's just a bunch of late-game situations. So what happens is at that level – these little differences are the difference in the outcome a lot of times. And I don't think that he has done very well in those situations. All right. Last thing before I get you out of here, uh, huge game this week, uh, Dallas Cowboys, uh, Buffalo Bills. That was actually my Super Bowl pick before the season. I, I was, I bought into the Dallas hype, even with the, the questions at, at, at head coach, um, Dak Prescott uh, over the years, the inconsistency, uh, but it seems like they put everything together. Um, I want to ask you about Micah Parsons, but also like just your thoughts overall on this matchup and what it means maybe for both teams here going into the final stretch. Well, so for the Bills, if they win this game, they're going to the playoffs, right? Like they're going to the playoffs because I don't envision them losing to the Chargers. I don't envision them losing to the Patriots. And so at that point, you know, they would have 10 wins. And so even if they lost to the Dolphins, and listen, I don't know, at that point, maybe the Dolphins have already clinched and it's not even a winner take all. You know, there's a lot of scenarios that can happen, although I don't know that's going to happen when you look at the Dolphins' schedule. But uh, if they win this game, they're going to the playoffs. So obviously a critical, critical game. Um, it's interesting that they're favored, really interesting. I think that speaks pretty that, – that speaks to the Bills' talent that they're favored in this game – and honestly, Matt, on Tuesdays on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, I do my power rankings. I have the Bills as the fifth best team in the NFL right now. Yeah. Fifth best team. I mean, I have Niners one, Cowboys two, Ravens three, Eagles four. I have Bills fifth, even though their record, I don't know where the pecking order in the AFC, I think I saw where they're like 10th, which is because of all the seven and six teams. I guess it's tiebreakers. I don't know. Um, but it's obviously a very critical game. Interestingly, both teams coming off of like huge emotional wins, right? Uh, but this is one when you're at home in Buffalo and you've got a warm weather team or an indoor team like Dallas, they got to win this game. Like this would be huge. Uh, Chiefs and Cowboys back to back. I agree with you about the Cowboys. I thought Mike McCarthy would so, I mean, that's why I had Mike McCarthy ranked 23rd or whatever, 21st, right next to McDermott. I thought McCarthy as a play caller would be a disaster. I was wrong. I, I was more wrong on McCarthy than I was on McDermott, for sure, because McCarthy's play calling has been excellent. And I think earlier in the year, he's trying to run the ball, and now he realized, wait a minute, Dak is cooking, Ferguson's a good tight end, CeeDee Lamb's awesome, our O-line's awesome, and the Cowboys are kind of a machine right now. 
this would be a really big test for McDermott as the D coordinator as much as as the head coach to try to slow down this Cowboys offense. Would you say Parsons, real quickly, is in the conversation for most difficult defender in the game to scheme against? Without question. I think he's the best defensive player in the NFL. And I don't think he'll win defensive player of the year. You know, maybe it's Miles Garrett. Maybe it's TJ Watt. I don't even know who the favorite is now. But when I watch a game, the amount of double and triple teaming he gets, the the difference maker that he is. I mean, when you know Lane Johnson had help, he had slide to him, and Micah still bull rushed his inside and was able to get a sack on Hertz. He's just an extremely, extremely impressive player. Uh, I kind of go back and forth on how Quinn uses him. At times, I like how he moves him around and like we'll put him over the center and try to give him a favorable matchup. I think that's good. Other times, man, I'm just curious how it would go that he just let him rush over the one guy the whole game, you know, and just let him go. But when you do that, they can give a lot of help, right? They can have the running back chip. They can slide that way. So I like him trying to get Micah some favorable matchups. I think he moves differently than any other pass rusher in the NFL. His change of direction, his quickness. Now, he's not 270 pounds like Garrett. Um, and maybe he doesn't have the technique of TJ Watt, but he moves differently and just has that acceleration and burst that nobody else does. Um, if you want what nobody else does, become a Shout Insider right now, 716-528-6727. Two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. The Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Beyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234 or check out LetroLaw.com. All right, Ross Tucker, thank you so much. Tell everybody, Bills Mafia, where they could check everything you got going on out this week and beyond. Yeah, the the easiest is just social media, right? At Ross Tucker NFL, whatever you're on, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. uh, I think I'm on TikTok, uh, all those. But if you're watching this, uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I do a daily NFL podcast, only 25 minutes or less. I got a betting podcast, a fantasy one a college football one, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or wherever your audio podcast can be found. You're the man. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you.